have your attention. This is a state of emergency. Over 78,000 black women are missing under the guise of sex trafficking, which is a smokescreen for murdering our women to take their organs. Did you know a heart is worth $119,000, a liver is worth $157,000, and a kidney is worth $200,000 on the black market? Wake, Wake up, up, my people. people. That means one kidnapped sister is worth about $500,000. Huh. It's time to learn self-defense tactics to get you out of a bad situation. We have 10,000 fearless black men produced by the leader of the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. Our duty is to maintain, sustain, and protect the black woman. 10,000 fearless black men are here to vanguard our sisters, to keep them safe. Sign up on the list to be protected. Have a contact for backup. Sunday, February 2nd at the National Center, 7351 South Stony Island Avenue in Chicago. Doors open at 9 a.m. There'll be food, drinks, and a $500 cash giveaway between the first 300 guests. Call 312-439-7565 or go to warjack2x at gmail.com. Don't miss the 10,000 fearless black men to protect. Thank you, thank you. Thank you all for coming. All praises be to Allah. All praises be to Allah. You all may be seated. I thank you all for tuning in to the Brother Ben X podcast. One of the top black podcasts that you will be able to find in the world. I cover current events. We talk about God. We talk about the God himself. We talk about knowledge itself. We talk about issues that the black community is going through so that we can look at the problem and then we can get the teaching that we can use to overcome the problem. See, truth is the best medicine that we can ever receive. The Quran says, hurl truth that falsehood until we knock out his brains. And that's what this podcast is dedicated to doing. So if you would like to support this podcast, you can click the link in the bio or you can click the link that's in the description box. And you can support this podcast every week, every month. You can go to www.patreon.com slash brother Ben X as well. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. All brother Ben X. Every podcast episode that I have is going to be lit. So get prepared for a lit episode. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, yeah, man. That's a nice little intro, y'all. Hey, so I'm live, man, on the Brother Ben X podcast. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. We have our sister, Tequila Muhammad, and we're going to be talking about overcoming physical uh, abuse and how she was able to uh, get the courage to overcome that situation from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Now, before... Uh, we get started here. I want to play a about four to five minute clip from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from a lecture called Fear, Faith and Truth. And this message is going to be uh, tailor made for the woman. So please lif- uh, listen carefully and send this out to all of your uh, sisters out there who may be in a situation like this. Or if they're not, give it to them so they can be proactive and know this stuff as well. Just just in case it does happen. So check it out. Because every one of us have suffered some kind of loss. 
And you don't want to lose something you love. Some of you got boyfriends or husbands. That ain't right. And the fear of the loss of that man. You say, all right, I want you out on the corner tomorrow with this crack. Don't tell me you ain't going to sell it. Smack you up. In the cover of Essence magazine is a black woman who was an honest student, never been in trouble. Emerged, thank you, emerged. And she fell in love with some boy that punked her. He just beat her and told her to go out and sell this. And she went out and sold it, got caught, and is now doing 24 years because she submitted to something that she wasn't, wasn't worthy. At some point in your life, woman, you got to make a decision. You going to let some man punk you and make you a whore. Smack you up. You see, there's, there's something that can be done about all things. For somebody to abuse you to get you to do what you know is wrong, and then you allow fear of loss of the man, or loss of a tooth, or loss of, a, of your life even, to make you surrender to something that is unworthy of you, then you want to pass the blame. Well, I, you, you see, it was him. He beat me and made me do it. Shut up! The Bible didn't say, and the Holy Quran didn't say to the female, that if your husband beat you, it's all right to do evil out of fear of what he going to do. The book says me and me alone should you fear. Now listen to the words, me and me alone. Then if you're afraid of your husband, you've made him a god beside Allah. Then you'll do his will even though his will is against the will of God. See, you're wrong, sister. But my marriage vows told me that I should obey. Oh, shut up. You ain't never obeyed nobody, not even God. Sister, you don't have no excuse because you're a female. Because if the female put her faith in God, you can terrify a man. And a man don't want to be in no trouble with a woman who ain't afraid. Because you sleep sometimes. And you a damn fool to get her upset and then sleep. Because one day the sleep will be permanent. 
rest in pieces. All right, family. So that is from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I want you to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. And for those who don't know who you are and what you do, you can introduce yourself at this time. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six figure friends are on teaching you every single week if you want to join the abs tribe go to www.whatisabstribe.com www.whatisabstribe.com yes sir um assalamualaikum everyone my name is sister tukwela muhammad also known as divine by nature one can you hear me brother ben yes ma'am Okay, um, I'm a disaster preparedness advocate for Memphis, Tennessee, and surrounding cities. Um, newfound uh, part of 10,000 Fearless um, with Sister Christina Muhammad, and um, I'm just your sister, Sister Tequila. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, so we're talking about overcoming the abuse of women in relationships. Can you talk about how it? Uh, how it started because uh some people say you know it started off maybe verbal or maybe he pushed me and i ignored these different things where's there any red flags that you saw because oftentimes uh we know in relationships there are many red flags and uh we know that sex clouds the mind love emotions clouds the mind so was there any red flags so how did things begin to start yes sir um I wasn't in the nation at the time that I uh, met uh, my ex-husband. So I just want to put that out there so people know. Um, this was before I came back in and registered. But anyways, um, there were red flags. Um, for me, I didn't even think anything about abuse because I've never been in an abusive relationship. I've never seen my mom being abused. So, you know, when you look for things in a relationship, that's not always something that comes to pass unless you've had some type of experience. So, um when I got with him, it kind of moved fast, which was one of the first red flags because he was like really trying to like, let's be together. Let's, you know, you know, I'm, we, we together, you know, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend, you my girlfriend. And it was kind of uncomfortable because I was like just getting to know him and it just felt like it was moving a little too fast. And to me, that's normally the red flag. The person's telling you first that they love you all fast and, you know, all these little things that, that tickle your ear. He was very charming. And, um, um, you know, it just moved fast. I, he didn't give me a lot of information about him. You know, everything was like real subtle. Um, and that was on my part because I didn't require, I guess, a lot of information. And that's one thing about us women. 
whenever you are embarking on a relationship and you're going through courtship process, you have to ask the right questions according to um, the courtship manual and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I did not ask certain questions. And even if I did ask if whatever he said tickled my ear at the time, you know, it tickled my ear. Um, I was infatuated with him. You know, he was handsome to me. So I was like, you know, why would he lie to me? Um, the first incident with us happened maybe like three months after we were like officially in a relationship, not married, just together. Um, and I don't know what we were, we had a disagreement about, we were disagreeing about something and he ran over to me like the, I've never seen a man run this fast and he hit the wall next to my head and it scared the mess out of me. He didn't hit me. He hit the wall. And that was like my first feeling of like, I guess, fear and feeling at that moment, like, I don't think this relationship is right. That was a red flag three months in. But because he didn't physically hit me, I didn't associate that with physical abuse or domestic violence. Um, Looking back, knowing what you know now, what are some things that you would uh, ask now in the courtship? process what what are some things you would ask and what are some things you would do or maybe do differently because a lot of our people especially lost founds probably don't even know what uh courtship is hey man i'm i'm going out you know hey i'm too old to get no chaperone ain't nobody finna be walking with me uh so what you know you know because a lot of people are asking what school you went to what's your favorite color what's your favorite movie you know that's high school stuff but it's still happening now because we don't know what to ask so what are some things sisters should be looking forward to asking to see these things yes sir i i'm i have a, a like an application to a, a job <laughs> school everything because i'm not just i mean i'm asking have you murdered somebody i'm asking were you born a man I mean, the questions have to be really deep, but when it comes to abuse and domestic violence, you do have to ask them, have they ever physically abused anyone? Have they put their hands on another person? Because some some individuals, and I won't just say men because I know they always say that um, their females can be abusive too, but I'm strictly talking about a man on this. They don't always associate them hitting a woman with being abusive. So if you ask them at times, have you been abused? They're going to say no. But they don't recall, you know, uh, I hit her two times. She started it. I don't consider that abuse. So you have to like, be specific and say, have you physically put your hands on anybody? And then you have to go to family and friends of his. You can't just rely on a person's word. Because, again, some people don't associate them hitting someone with being physically abusive. You know, and that was one of the things within my my last my, my marriage was because like he was like, I, it's not like I'm hitting you like they do on TV, you know, where they just beating you and you just beat up. You know what I'm saying? I may have pushed you or I may do this. He didn't associate himself with being an abusive person. And at first I would I would be like, OK, he made a mistake. But then I had to re recount how many different mistakes this man said he made. I mean, it happened at least three or four times a month where he was pushing me, holding me against my will, taking my cell phone, just doing things that, you know, accusing me of men. Always, I'm always guilty of something. So you have to ask, like, are you jealous? Like, are you insecure? You know, have you ever been jealous? 
Name something that you and your ex argued about if you were in a relationship previously. Uh, was she physically violent to you? Um, do you have a history of physical violence in your family? Like, was your dad physically violent to your mom? Like, have you witnessed any of those things? You know, um, and it's a lot of things I didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't even know that, like I said, that I would even attract myself to someone who would physically abuse me. Mm. Um, how do you, how do you see if it's authentic or not? Because, you know, you got some brothers who got game, you know, they'll make up. Uh, we used to argue about, you know, eating, you know, I didn't know what she wanted to eat or, you know, I never been abusive. So a guy who, of course, he's going to try to answer all of the right things because uh, of course he's not going to say, yeah, I was abusive. I used to punch my woman in the eye. So what signs should the woman look for as well? Although, you know, he may be honest and say certain things. He may be a changed man. We never know. But what are some things that that uh, they should be actually looking for in his actions? Yes, sir. Um, inconsistencies in his stories. Um, you know, you have to take your time and kind of like me. I like to write things down. Um, aggression sometimes like, you know, see like the minister said something in Fear, Faith and Truth about making um making a woman upset and then you'll see her real character. You may have to test him and see how he gets when he's upset. You know what I'm saying? Um, kind of just verbally watching him and just, you know, little, little things. Because once I look back, I realize like my ex would get upset at little small stuff. It wasn't really a big deal to me, but to him, it would be a big deal. Um, questioning you, asking you a million and one questions that have absolutely nothing to do with that moment. Like, um, in the beginning before the abuse, he would be like, um, what you wearing to work? You wearing that to work? You know, um, your shirt is too short. Mind you, I'm not into my, so I wore what I wore. You know, I was a model. I dressed nice. I wasn't, I was still modest even in the world, but, um, he was very, uh, critique, critiquing my clothes, what I wear, uh, who I work with, how many men are at my job, asking me questions about, you know, who called me, do I get my phone number, I just, just subtle signs of jealousy. And so when you see those things, those are red flags. What was, uh, so you said it started off with, he didn't punch you, but he punched the wall. Uh, the first physical, the, the first physical contact, what went through your mind? You know, what was the emotions? What was the mindset? You know, what kind of kept you there? Although he actually physically, you know, hit you. Um, when he first did it, I mean, I didn't know what to think. I, you know, he pushed me. He ran from one side of the room. Something I said to him that he didn't agree with. He ran from one side of the room and he physically pushed me so hard. Like my whole back hit the, the door and I kind of like fell down because it's like my spine kind of hit the door. And I just laid there. I don't know. He ran over to me. He started crying. He's like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I'm so sorry. He's panicking. He's asking, am I okay? He was like, oh, now you're going to leave me. You, um, you know, I didn't mean that. I didn't know that you were, you know, that I was that close to you. Like he was, he had this sense of like, um, like remorse immediately after he did it like I saw real tears he was like crying and begging but I I knew I was like this this isn't right this isn't right but I felt like it was a mistake I guess from him because of the way that he was you know crying I've never seen a man cry like a lot of these things is is manipulation and manipulation of the mind but again if you don't know 
and you never experienced it, nobody ever talked to you about it, nobody ever talks to you about abuse, then of course you're not going to really know. Some women, they'll be like, nah, you know, he hit me, that's it. But like I said, I haven't been with uh, many people, so I just don't know. I haven't seen a man in my, my mom's household. I haven't seen a man put their hands on my mom. I haven't been in other people's homes where there was domestic violence, so I never even knew that that was part of domestic violence, but that was it. And I knew, like, a flash went through my mind right then, like, this, I need to get out of this relationship. And that was only, like, four months in. So he hit the wall three months in, and the fourth month, that's when he put his hands on me. You know, that's, And then it was a continuing cycle. Go ahead. That's interesting because oftentimes you may hear, I saw an abusive relationship, so it was almost normal to me, almost like predictive programming. They showing you stuff in the movies. They showing you stuff in the TV shows. So when they actually do maybe a false flag or something, it seems so normal, but you said you didn't see that. And you know, I, I would, I would assume that somebody who didn't see it would be like, no, I, this ain't how this supposed to go. But you said, you know, this wasn't, I didn't know how to treat it because I still didn't see it. So I never really heard of that perspective before. So you said at that moment, you said, uh, you know, you got to get out of this out, out of this relationship. So what kept you there? Uh, how, how long did you wait uh, uh, first? How long did you wait until you actually got out? Like how many years or months went by? And then what made well, you actually stay um, after you had that first thought? Okay. Um, I left. I left that relationship then. Um, I left like right after that. Maybe... Um, that, that right after that incident happened, I was like, no, you got to go. I made him leave. We separated. Um, and um, I, I started to go on with my life a little bit. So maybe like two months I was going on with my life. We decided to get back together because I decided to join the nation. I was in the mosque getting registered. So he came back and he's like, you know, I need to go. I want to be in the mosque. I need to be under some brothers. I'm going to get my life together. You know, I'm never, ever going to put my hands on you. It was all these things. Like, he literally went into the mosque. He got registered. <laughs> he started, you know, um, taking little counseling classes, though he's really trying to change. And I fell into that, thinking that he really wanted to change. And um, So that was basically I was a cover. Pregnant. That was a cover. It was a cover. And I was pregnant. I got pregnant. And then I said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to get married. So um, I ended up, I wasn't married then, but then I ended up saying, okay, if we're going to be in a nation, because I can't be in a nation married, you know, not married. Uh, we're going to deal with each other. You know, don't put your hands on me no more. You know, I, I went to the mosque. I told, you know, the captain at the mosque that he put his hands on me or whatever. Um, and he basically was telling me as a, as the captain of the mosque, like, I don't think this relationship is for you. I'm, being honest with you what he told me he gave me <laughs> he gave me the red light and he said I don't he said I, it's something about him that, that just don't rub me it just rubs me the wrong way mm. he said I've seen a lot of men and he said um you know some people will come into the mosque and he said although you might think he's doing it for himself he said he's doing it to get you mm. and trying to give, give you that one he said now I could be wrong he said but I, this is just what I see you know, now you make your own decision, but I'm telling you that it, 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 he just has this look about him. And I was already pregnant. So I was like, I feel you. I said, but he's going to get changed in the mosque. You know, I'm going to help change him. Right. I'm going to do what I can do as a woman and as a Muslim. And I'm going to depend on a lot and I'm going to work hard and he's going to be a better man. That's what I thought. 
and um, got married six months later. He he already started. The abuse started back. Um, he she was cheating on me. I mean, it was just all type of stuff going on. And I left him a couple of times. So when they talk about abuse, they say a woman normally leaves her abuser maybe like seven times. Yeah, it, it's a process. I left him seven times because once you stay with an abuser, it becomes it, it begins to have psychological effects on you. Meaning, you know, he was gaslighting me. He was making me thinking that something was wrong with me. Like mm. he's like your emotion. You're emotionally abusive. You talk to me any type of way, and that's why I'm abusive to you. And so now you're in defense mode, and you're trying to figure out, like, what you're doing to cause the abuse. And so instead of leaving, you think the problem is you, and you think that you are the cause of the abuse because maybe I shouldn't have said this to him, or maybe I shouldn't have did that to him. Mind you, none of my family is being abused. My mom has the same mouth I have. She's never been abused by her husband. He's never called her out her name. My sisters have never been abused in their relationships. I have friends that I was around. They're like, no, my, my husband's never put his hands on me. You know, you know, he, we may have got into a, like a tussle, like wrestling, but it's never been like, you know, to where he wanted to hurt me, you know, or we've called each other out our name, but we apologize, but it wasn't like, you know, me being called the B word, anything like that. So I started to see that this relationship is actually toxic and it's unhealthy. And so I was listening to the minister and going back and forth. And I was just like, I got to figure out what to do. And then I went in 2013 and I wrote the minister. So wait, 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 wait for that. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get to that part in a minute, but you talked about the psychological uh, things that happen. What are some of the thoughts that's going through your mind? I'm pregnant. You know, I see the red flags, but I'm like, okay, the nation going to change him up or, you know what I'm saying? Or I'm going to change him up as you were saying, uh, you know, maybe, you know, dang, you know, you probably, you may have thoughts like, man, I don't want to be a, a single mother or man, you know, you want to keep this thing together. So what are some of the thoughts that's going on in your mind? Because somebody from the outside looking in, it is like, just leave. And it sounds so simple. And we know about Stockholm syndrome and all these different things, you know, when it comes to the enemy. So what are some of the thoughts that's going through your mind so we can have an understanding? Yes, sir. And that's it, the Stockholm Syndrome. Um, number one, I never, ever wanted to be a single mother. <laughs> that was how he was able to get me. And one of the tools that he was using was, although I love my children, he was, um, he, he, you know, he kept getting me pregnant. And they talk about a man who keeps getting a woman pregnant so that they won't leave. Mm. And he knew that my my goal was to, you know, run my business. I was a professional model in the world, um, but I wanted to, you know, take that over to the Islam side. And I just wanted to do things, you know, within myself, but I kept getting pregnant and that was pulling me back from what I was trying to do. Um, and I, those are the things I'm like, I don't want to have two children and three children and be single. Like, I did not want that. Um, I felt like, I could fix him. I can help him. Like if I pushed him into counseling, if I got him in the mosque and he really went to his FOI class and hung out with the brothers and be around more positive people that he would get it in his mind and change. Um, I didn't want the stigma of people, you know, looking at me and, and saying, Oh, you know, she's, you know, she's by herself. She's this and that, you know, I was just afraid. There was a lot of fear associated with, why I stayed because I was worried about what people would think if I was by myself, you know, they, you know, they're like, she's this person, she's doing these big things. And all of a sudden now she's by herself. That, that bothered me. I did 
I did care at the time what people felt and what people thought. Um, and then I didn't want like my family, because like my mom, she was like at a certain point, she's like, you gotta leave. And I wanted her to be wrong. I was like, you're wrong about this. Mm. I wanted to be right. Mm. You know, she's like, no, you know, I'm sorry. She's like, you're 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 a better woman. And I'm like, I'm not. You know, I didn't want that to be my reality. And then I started to feel like when she said you're a better woman, I'm like, maybe it's something wrong with me because I attracted that. And I remember the minister saying, you know, you attract what you are. And I kept saying, how the heck <laughs> am I, did I, you know, did I track that? And I had to go all the way back. And I went back to where, you know, I was very insecure, even when I was modeling, because I didn't love myself. I wow. didn't know how to love my mm. right and property. So when you don't love yourself, then you attract another person that doesn't love themselves. Wow. And so now you got two people that don't love themselves trying to make a relationship work that's supposed to be based off of love. And that can't happen if neither one of you know what it takes to love each other because you don't love yourself. Mm. And so I had to like really realize that. And when I realized that, I had to accept the fact that, dang, I don't even love myself. Wow. So what advice would you give to a sister who's in this? Uh, because I've seen a sister and she unfortunately got killed. She was in an abusive relationship and she would throw hints out. So she, I guess she didn't have anybody to actually tell, but she would throw certain hints out or certain people on Facebook knew that she got abused. And it's almost like, oh, here you go. Then, you know, then you have these sisters sometimes who a brother may step in, you know, and protect her. But then, you know, get emotional and she goes back. So it's like, damn, I just did this and I and I just protected you and you going right back to him. And so it's like, oh, here they go again. But then it got serious and she actually got killed. So what advice do you have for a sister who's in this mindset? Man, I don't love myself. You know, uh, some sisters, they don't they don't have business mindset like you. They not get money. So not only do they not love themselves, not only are they pregnant, but they feel like if I if I leave this guy, I ain't got nobody to go to because my family been trying to tell me to leave. So I didn't got into it with them. So they not even messing with me no more. So what advice do you have for for the sisters? Yes, sir. Um, and that's a good thing. Like with the community, the community has to do more. But that's part of the process. Once a man psychologically gets a woman's mind, it is hard for her to leave because she has been programmed to hate herself and feel like it's something wrong with her. She has been programmed to accept the abuse. And some of it may have come from her childhood. Some of it may have come when she, you know, grew up into understanding herself. So somewhere down the line, she was told that um, she was unlovable. And, you know, nobody cares. And so she stays with this man because he, on one hand, acts and pretends like he cares, but then turns around and abuses her. So what I, my advice would be, um, first of all, don't get in any relationship without knowing yourself. That's first and foremost. If you don't know who you are and you can't love your own company, like if you have to be with a man after a man after a man after a man, you can't be in solitude where you can't even be in you know single for six months or a year without having to talk to a man at all you have to learn how to be in your own company you need to read books you need to have a connection to god that is how i was able to get you know out of that relationship because i got stronger in my faith and he saw that i got stronger in my faith and he hated that but he hated me you know i was putting him on the back burner for the mosque i was just you know, in my studies, reading, because my faith got stronger. And when my faith got stronger, I was able to get rid of fear. 
we have to get rid of that fear because that fear is the reason why we stay in those relationships. Fear that he's going to hurt us. Fear that we are not going to make it in life when Allah gave us everything in the world to be successful. So we're, we are going to make it. But if your mindset is wrong, then your mindset is going to tell you that you won't survive with your children. When my mother was a single mother, she raised four girls. I mean, four children, one, one boy, three girls. Um, and she made it. And we're here. And all of my brothers and sisters are pretty much successful in this world. So it can be done um, if you're by yourself. So I would encourage every woman to never feel like, you know, you don't have anybody. Reach out to your sisters if you feel strongly that you're ready to go. But some of those women will return back to their abusers until they actually take the, take a moment to actually look at it and know this, the statistics of women who return and how they end up dead. And a lot showed me that, too. I was watching the news one day and the woman had the exact same situation as me at the time. She had three children and it flashed on the screen. and It was like the man ended up killing her. And I'm like, if a lot ain't showing me signs, he's showing me signs that I need to leave. And, and we always think that that man will never kill us. He will never hurt us. But when I saw the rage in my ex-husband's eyes the last time, the very last time he put his hands on me, I fought like it was my life. We're not going to do this. We about to be Ike and Tina in here. And I shouldn't have to go through that in a relationship that's about love and peace and happiness. So the biggest thing is learning to love yourself. Reach out to people that you know you can trust. And when you when it's time to go, go. Leave those relationships. And don't look back. Because the, the earth is plentiful. And there's a bunch of men, a bunch of women who will love you, sisters, the way that you desire to be loved. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asked, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094 will give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. I'm hearing a lot on self, self, self. We've heard of the stories of, you know, I'm going to make a man and I'm going to change him. And obviously that doesn't work a lot of the time. So you told us about what you did to, uh, increasing the love you know you have faith you were studying you was going to the mosque I'm, i know you was listening to the minister but for the sisters who don't know they're not aware see the honorable Elijah muhammad said our people don't know that they don't know so what process did you take to find out that hey i attracted this because you know we are taught that self-improvement is the basis of community development. And, and nobody wants to think I am the reason somebody is abusing me. We never want to even think about that. But what process did you take to get down and find out that, hold on, I just don't have self-love? Right. Um, like I said, I, I, I was reading the minister said, you are what you attract. That bothered me so much. Every time I heard it, it would make me cringe. Like, I knew he was telling the truth, but I was just like, I couldn't figure out how I attracted that into my life. So then I began to do some self-analysis and some self-correction, uh, just breaking down how I was feeling. I was researching a lot online, like looking up um, domestic violence. And when I looked up domestic violence, and all the symptoms and all the um, characteristics of a, a domestic violence relationship, 
um, I fit into that. Then I looked into battered women and it always say, when you look it up, that most battered women suffer from low self-esteem. They suffer from lack of, of love or trust or somewhere down the line when they were children or something, something happened to them where they don't see their worth or their value. And so only a women who don't see their worth and value or who don't love themselves are capable of being abused by somebody. Because no matter what, if you notice somebody's hurting you and you love yourself, you're not going to continue to let somebody continue to hurt you. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I embarked upon that going online, researching and researching, I just started digging into, okay, self-esteem problems. I started looking up, how can I build my self-esteem? How can I build my self-worth? Why don't, you know, why don't I love myself? Where did it originate? You know, I had to get some auditing, and I know the world doesn't know about that, but I had to do some auditing, counseling. I had to actually put myself in therapy because I was like, what, where, where, is it, where is it in my mind that allows me when I've never seen that? And like all my family was like shocked. They were like, I can't, you know, how, how did you put yourself in that? Um, and it was just, it started with my childhood, not feeling loved, not feeling appreciated and desiring to have a mate and want a man and not having patience to wait for God to send me the man that he wanted to send me. So because I was impatient, I, I ended up thinking that he was it and, and knowing that he wasn't it, I made him it. Mm. And then I began to yeah. make him wow. a God outside of Allah. I made him a God outside of God. And so I started doing whatever he wanted me to do. If he wanted me to change my clothes, I changed my clothes. When he accused me of things, you know, that codependency, I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do these things because I don't want to hear his mouth. But when you love yourself, if you stand on your own principles, you're like, no, you know, if this is what I have on, this is what I'm wearing, this is what I'm wearing. You don't change who you are for somebody else if it doesn't, if it conflicts with what you believe in. Mm. Now, you mentioned oh, that your study? mother. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you mentioned that your mother, what well, you said your mother was a single mother, raised four children. So did she you, did. so she did you know or have a, a, a relationship with your father growing up? I, it was like uh hit and miss. <laughs> uh, I knew of him. He didn't live far from us, but he wasn't a hands on dad. He just, I guess he felt like he just couldn't do what he needed to do as a man. So he just kind of stayed away. Um, and I tried to establish relationships with him many times and he just, you know, he, he, now he does more now as me being an adult where he calls and everything like that. But I guess I felt unloved because I really wanted that relationship with my dad growing up. Like that was everything. And he would call me and he'll be like, um, you know, baby, I'm coming. I'm going to bring you some money. He'll never show up. He never showed up. And so that was something that I had to go through auditing for because it bothered me a lot because he, you know, I will wait for him. If it's two o'clock in the morning, I'm still waiting on him. And even though I know he's never showed up the last couple of times, I still would wait for him. And so it was just, you know, my childhood, he wasn't there. My mom was the only strong individual person that I really saw growing up. She, she did everything by herself and I did not want to be her. Wow. I did not want to be her. It sounds so familiar that you was expecting something and you got disappointed, but you still waited. You expected something, but you got disappointed. So it sounds like the same thing with the abuse of you. you expected something to change, but it never changed. So in your analysis, did you find did you find or do you think that that relationship kind of stems from the love you was looking for in your father? Most definitely, I believe so, because. I, I've always, I had a lot of friends who actually had their fathers there. 
literally. Like, I'm going to call my dad like their dad was their best friends. And I always wanted my dad to be there. That is a very important aspect to me of a woman's life growing up. You know, talking about men and talking about boys. And when you have certain feelings or you get your feelings hurt, who do you talk to if you don't have, you know, that man? And my mom is the only child, so she don't have, like, siblings. She doesn't have, like, sisters or brothers. So I don't have, like, uncles, you know. I don't, my family's kind of tight knit, kind of small. So I didn't have to meet anybody that I can look up to as a mentor and reach out to um, when I was growing up. And I was like introverted when I was young in the mind. So I didn't talk to people. You know, I just kind of stayed to myself. I never really just reached out to people. So I didn't have, I didn't have the idea of what a man is until I started studying the Honorable Minister Lewis Park. I had no idea. Mm, so you didn't even know what to look for. Wow, that's amazing. That's 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 amazing because you talked about I didn't know. Uh you didn't know what it was like to be in an abusive relationship, but if you did have, although your mother didn't go through that, but if you did have maybe a real man in front of you, you knew what not to look for. So that's powerful, man, because even when the brother maybe was able to tell you, "Hey, this is a red flag. You don't know. You're not knowing what a real man looks like. So this may be a real man that's probably trying to fix himself up or man. That's amazing when you think about it like that. So I want to read this going to the next segment. The minister gave me confirmation to leave. So I left and didn't look back. That's why I go so hard for the nation. And Allah has had me and my children this whole time. Uh, the children, the children aspect, how was you able to manage the emotions of the children or by the time they was growing up, you had already left? Um, no, I left, but he was still around like with, when it comes to the children and he was like at a certain point using my children against me, which is part of it. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't talk to them about a lot. You know, I would tell them, you know, we're not together, we're divorcing because, you know, abuse. I would tell him basics, but he would try to go in and try to make me look like a bad mother. Um, you know, she's messing up our family and different things. So I had to kind of, um, you know, separate from him and just do the divorce and do everything. Like, I just did it all on my own. Like, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't even need him there. And my children are getting counseling and getting audited for their experiences that they have because every, all of them are different. And all of them, um, you know, deal with their emotions differently. So um, my oldest son, he's 14. Um, He's very quiet, kind of like introverted like I was growing up. But, you know, he's a boy. So, you know, he's going to have things in his mind where he doesn't understand. That's going to be like a lifelong process because the minister um, states that, too. Like when it comes to abuse, you should never have that around your children. Because you confuse your children and you cause a lot of problems with your babies. And that's why the world has these problems now because of our childhood, which is, you know, they only get one. And you don't want your children growing up in an abusive childhood where they can't, where they have anxiety and they have fear. You know, you instilling these things in them and now their relationships are dysfunctional because they see mommy and daddy not together. You know, all these things. But as long as you make a lot sufficient, make God sufficient for you, you'll be able to make it through. I'm not one of the ones that's sitting here saying I'm not going to get married again because I am. I'm just going through a whole process of healing myself and healing my children because that's that's important. Because now my guards will always be up when it comes to a man. You know, like I said, it, had I not have been abused, I wouldn't probably still not be asking questions about 
you know, have you abused somebody before? Because, you know, you, you don't know unless you've really seen it or been around it. I never thought to even ask those questions, you know. And I'm very particular. I've been in a courtship and I was like, no, not the person. But it was things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, no, now it could just be me. But if it don't feel right, I'm just not moving with it. Mm. Now, let's get into the part where he says the minister gave me confirmation to leave. So we have up the tweets because we know the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan at one point was doing the Ask Farrakhan. And you asked, is it okay to divorce if I married a manipulating, abusive person or will Allah be displeased? I try saying I start I try saving it won't work. Now, this message that's right under it, was this his first response or is the next screenshot the uh, the first response? Yeah, the next one is his, his response is in order. Okay, so he says, that is between you and God. Arguments and fighting destroys the spirit of love, and when love is gone, there is nothing left to build the relationship on. Please try to avoid arguing and fighting. And agree that we will live on the basis of truth, and when we agree on truth, uh, then what is there to argue about Then he ends with May Allah God bless you To find peace either with or without So what part What did you get out of his response to you And what what, what kind of gave you that faith That says okay man this is what I gotta do Yeah I mean he put it in my hands He's like this is what you have to decide it's between you know he said that's between you and God But the, the love um, and peace have already been gone. Like we had nothing in the relationship. Like we couldn't even be in the same room without getting into some type of altercation. Even if I asked a question, it would turn into an argument. Um, and so that was my confirmation. Like, you know, I had to do a lot of praying and talking to God. Um, and then the minister did his Savior's Day address. And that's why he was like, you sister, you need a man in your life. You know, he talked about domestic violence and abuse. And he just said, you know, it's not tolerated period you know you you shouldn't be afraid to leave and be by yourself when a man is abusing you and so at that moment when I read that I started gathering everything I needed to get together researching all the things that it's going to take for me to be by myself um trying to you know save my own money although I was paying my own bills and working um just keeping my money together having enough money for the divorce just doing things kind of suddenly without him noticing um that I was doing that because I wanted to be out of it and I did express to him that I wanted to be divorced. It wasn't like he didn't know. He just would tell me he would keep changing. And I just was over it. I just said, you know what? I'm just prepared to be by myself. I, I'm the pleading woman right now. I will pray to a lot for peace. And that's all I prayed for was peace. And a lot gave me that. And I just went with it. And I went and I filed. And once I filed, um, it, it just was a sense of relief for me. You know, I feel like a lot pushed me toward that. And, he, you know, I made the mistake of being impatient and not adhering to those red flags. So I had to deal with the consequences of my actions. So I'm not trying to be a victim and take away from the part that I played. But like I said, when you don't know, you're naive and gullible, you, you, you get sucked into that. But now, you know, you have to learn how to be strong. You have to learn how to have faith and move forward. So once I got that confirmation, it was a wrap. I was done. You talked about gaining faith. Uh, you joined the Nation of Islam. Other than the things that you mentioned that you heard from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, was there any other things from the Nation of Islam or about the Nation of Islam that kind of encouraged you and helped you along this journey? Yes, sir. It was all the Nation of Islam. Um, me reading books, I they gave us a book in our NGT class called How to Take Care of Your Husband. And that book had, you know, Fear, Faith, and Truth that you played. Um, 
it, it broke that whole lecture down. And that gave me, you know, make a lot of fishing, rely on him. He's always there for you. That gave me the confirmation and the strength that I needed to know that I can make it on my own. Because again, my biggest fear was being a single mother. I did not want to be a single mother. Like that was something that I just was like, I'm not going. I don't want to do this by myself. Um, but I had to allow, I was like, you know, there's going to be loss of life, loss of property. You know, he's going to take things from you. And then I seen our sister, um, brother Robert's wife, sister Uriva, and she, you know, she has nine children, I believe. And she ended up losing her husband. And I'm like, you know, and that wasn't even, you know, they had a beautiful marriage, a beautiful relationship. That was her high school sweetheart. So to have to see that, I'm like, if she's going to have to make it through that with nine, then I know that I can make it through. Wow. You never know how you impacting somebody, man, by just being strong. You know, you're giving somebody else motivation, inspiration um, and strength as well. Um, to end it off, is there any other things that you think people need to know? Anything else you would like to share for our sisters who are in a, a similar situation? Um, listen to your intuition. If it does not feel right, let it go. Um, if you have inconsistencies in stories, if he's ever yelled, screamed, hit the dashboard, broken things, if he's aggressive, let it go. Make sure you do your homework when it comes to courtship. Read the courtship manuals. Do everything the proper way. Do not have those courtships where, you know, he's like, let's do this or you want to do this. If you go outside of the process, then you're making your situation worse to be able to catch those red flags. Stay in the process and focus and make sure you keep God in the center so that he can keep power of discernment. Because that's exactly what he does when you have that connection to him. Yes, ma'am. Well, I thank you for tuning in. Uh, I thank you for being strong enough to share this, uh, uh, this story with us. I'm sure there are many sisters in the comment section saying they needed this. You know, this is beautiful. Uh, so I'm sure this would touch somebody out there who is going through a similar situation. And uh, I hope that Allah gives them the strength to do the same thing that you did. And may Allah bless you with success in the future. Um, and your children as well, because I know, um, you know, if they actually saw it, uh, that can definitely do something to the children, um, psychologically as well. And we definitely don't want that cycle to continue to repeat itself. So, uh, I'll let you close out with any closing words. If you have any other than that, uh, that's all the questions that I have. Yes, sir. I thank you for allowing me to be on your show. All the sisters, be strong. Stay prayed up. Make God sufficient in your life. I thank the Honorable uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam for everything. I'm your sister. If you all need to reach out to me, it's at Divine by Nature One. Yes, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Oh, man, family. That was a beautiful, a beautiful show. Uh, please send this out to uh, sisters that you know. Uh, because that process is, is, is very important. She talked about, you know, going and looking at herself. You know, she talked about going and find out that, hey, maybe I don't love myself. And all of that is a part of the process. You know, we, you know, as men or brothers who have never been or sisters who have never been in that type of situation, you may think, oh, it's easy, just leave. But uh, as we have seen in the past and as we heard now, 
it's not as easy as just leave. So I want to end off with a, a, a clip from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaking about a similar situation with domestic violence, and we'll end off with that. Well, damn it. When you see these sisters of ours with their heads covered and their bodies covered, now damn it, if you put your hand on them or insult them, we'll find your raggedy ass wherever you are and we will kill you. You don't rape and insult a Muslim woman and we take that, we'll hunt your behind down in the jail, in the courtroom, and take your damn head off. You will not rape a Muslim woman and live. We will kill you. That is an order from God. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us all the time to fight with those who fights with us. We are not to be the aggressors, but we are to fight with those who fight with us. This is another clip I want you guys to uh, pay attention as well. This is from Brother Gerard on Instagram if you want to see some of these clips, but the brother did a great job at putting uh, some of these things together. So check out this last clip. Part of it was nothing ever happened to no consequences ever happened to him. So I grew up thinking nothing bad happens to bad people. Sisters, you don't let no man take. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Now you have. Nothing bad happens to bad people. Sisters, you don't let no man take from you what you don't wish to give. Now you have to fight for your dignity. Don't let no man, I don't care if he put a gun to your head. He wants from you what you don't want to give. Kill him. Kill him. But say, Allah, Akbar. And then strike with that power. And I guarantee his knees will buckle. He come near you with a penis, cut it off. Yes, sir. Cut his throat. Won't give him nothing yes, sir. but death. Because yes, that's what a rapist deserves. Yes, sir. All right, so that's from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Man, I thank you all for listening. Uh, please share this with a sister that you know. And remember, man, self-improvement is the basis of community development. Unfortunately, uh, there may be some rare uh, situations where the man is being abused. You know, I don't know too many of those personally myself, but, um, you know, the man may be. So anybody who's watching, and it may not be physical abuse as well. It may be mental. It may be verbal abuse. And we know that that can be maybe sometimes harder like slavery. Yes, we had the physical chains, but now we got the mental chains. So this also goes to accepting verbal abuse, telling you that you's a B word, telling you that you's a slut, use this, use that. You got to go back and look at self, man. Who am I to accept something like this? 
And knowledge itself is key. Why is knowledge itself so key? Because if I don't know who I am, when you say I am something, I don't know to tell you that I'm not that because I don't know who I am, who I am anyway. But when I find the knowledge itself and I find out that, hold on, I am a God. Children of the most high God, I am divine. I am a powerful being. I have a purpose here on the earth. When somebody attempts to disrespect me, when somebody attempts to look at me and put me down where I know I don't deserve, then I'm, it, it may become a lot easier to leave that situation because they obviously don't know your value. Deal with them. Hey, until you know who I am, until you're able to treat me properly, then I have to remove myself. So we have to get the knowledge itself because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us knowledge itself produces love for self. Can't love what you don't know. So as we begin to get knowledge itself and we find out who we are and whose we are, we get love for self. After we get love for self, then we gain in respect for self. You know how we treat cars. Let you get a brand new car. Oh, you better not lean on my car. Let you get a brand new car. Don't be eating in my car, man. Hey, we ain't eat, hey, eat that at the crib. Why? I love this car. See, I got respect because I worked hard to get this car. But that car that was handed down, oh, man, we eating in that bad boy. We sitting on the roof. We sitting on the trunk. So who are we to put the best of foods? I'm sorry, the best of gas in cars. Treat treat tools, treat things the best that we can because we have fell, fallen in love with cars. We respect cars, but we don't even respect ourselves. And to end it off with this one, to go a little step further, who are we to go to the church, go to the mosque? And when we get on the mosque and church grounds, we turn the music down. Who are we when we go to the mosque and church and we stop cussing? Now we respectful. But then we look at our own people. We look at our own selves who is made by God. See, that, that church, the mosque, that's made by bricks. I'm not saying don't respect it because it's made by bricks. But how, who, why are we respecting something that's made by bricks but then don't respect something that's made by God? Scripture says, uh, 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 the scriptures say, how can you love God who you never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? What I get out of that is the essence of God is in your brother and is in your sister. So when you disrespect them, you're also disrespecting God within them because you're tearing down something that can also serve you, serve themselves and serve the community because God works through human beings. So I hope you guys got some out of this. Uh, I'm pretty sure you you did if you are in this situation. Thank you all for listening. Assalamu alaikum.